New series is going to start today. We've been pumping it up, real excited about it, called Mind Games. Go to the scripture with me. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. But then comes to our text. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do you know that there were 735,000 Americans are having a heart attack every year? 735,000. 525,000 heart attacks for the first time last year. 610,000 People died of heart attack in the United States last year. One out of every four deaths in America is from a heart failure. And so today I want to start a series that I want to begin to address what I believe is the main contributor to the heart attacks and heart failures of Americans as well as many other physical, emotional, and spiritual issues that we're facing today. And I want to start a series on the battle of the mind mind games, because that's where the battle is at today. It's in our mind. You see, medical science can heal your physical body from a heart attack, but they can only medicate your emotional issues from thought attacks. All they can do is medicate you. They can't heal you from the issues that come from the, the battle of the mind and the thoughts that are destroying our lives today. And so get your notes out, and we're going to go through several areas that I want to discuss in laying a foundation. All we're going to do today is lay a foundation, but I believe it's going to help you in many ways. Number one is the power of our thoughts. The power of our thoughts. Do you know that the average brain has the ability to store over 100 trillion thoughts at one time? The average brain can store over 100 trillion thoughts at one time. What does that tell us? If your brain has the ability to store thoughts, you need to be careful on who and what you're allowing to get in it. Because it's not just a thought that comes and goes. It's stored there. And it will come back up, and it's going to help in determining the control and the direction of your life. Proverbs 23 says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And it's so important that we understand the battle of our mind, mind games, and, and where the enemy is really focusing his attack in our lives today. Mark 7, read this with me, powerful scripture. For it is from within, from inside, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual thoughts, immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit. Look at it. Lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and they defile a person. That is our mind, our thoughts. And listen today, our thoughts define who we really are. Well, no, that's, I, people don't know what I think. Yeah, we do. Your actions tell us. Because our thoughts define who we are. Our actions are simply outward manifestations of what we've been thinking about. And so we've got to come today and understand that our identity begins in our thought life. As a man thinks, so is he. 
You see, thoughts of anger produce violence. You think about being angry long enough, you're going to hit somebody. Or you're going to say something. You're going to attack with your voice, whatever. But thoughts of anger produce violence. Thoughts of fear produces anxiety that totally controls a body. Thoughts of lust produces perversion, infidelity, and abuse. Thoughts of rebellion produces lawlessness. Thoughts of worthlessness produces addictions and dependencies. Thoughts of failure produces a spirit of hopelessness in a person. Thoughts of poverty produces lack and need. You think sickness long enough, you'll get sick. And you'll eventually die. Our thoughts control the destiny of our life. And that's why the battle of life is in the mind. And we've got to grab hold of this today. You see what you think you become. You think about drugs long enough, you're going to use them. You think about food long enough, you're going to eat it. That's why people gain more weight in a diet than they do when they're not dieting because when you're dieting, you're thinking about food all the time. It's a proven fact. So if you want to lose weight, quit dieting. That's a joke. Don't don't go there. All right. It, It just makes sense, you know. But you see, people have to understand. Look at your mind. Here's what your mind is. Mind is what establishes the process that we reason by how we think, how we feel, what we perceive, what we judge is taking place around us is what our mind is doing. It's making a perception of what's taking place around me. And if Satan wins the mind game, he wins. If Satan can win the mind game going on in your heart, he wins. You see, many people are thinking themselves into depression today. People are thinking themselves into loneliness. They're thinking themselves into sickness, thinking themselves into fear and into poverty and into worthlessness, thinking themselves into getting angry and mad, thinking themselves into unforgiveness and defeat. And we've got to come and understand there's a power in our thinking today because what you think you are. Number two, there's a position in our thinking. Just stay with me, I'm laying a foundation. There's a position in our thinking. Romans 8, 5 through 8. Love these scriptures. Those who live according to the flesh, the world, those that live according to the flesh have what? Their minds set on what the flesh desires. As a man thinks, so is he. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what? The spirit desires. Where your mind is, your body will follow. Look at it. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile, an enemy to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. And we've got to understand that that our mind is being controlled by spirit or flesh today. And and what did I wake up thinking this morning? Did I did I wake up going, oh man, I need I need another fit, I need another bottle, I need I need you know I got to go get something to drink. What was the first thing you did yesterday morning? Was it to go to God in prayer? Or was it to go to an internet for some pornography? Where's your mind taking you? Because your actions are all manifestations of your mind. 
Did I wake up with a mind of fear and frustration and anxiety? Or, or, or am I going to be a Christian today? Am I going to go back to my old lifestyle? Or did I wake up this morning and go, this is the day that the Lord has made and I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it that, that I was young and I'm old but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed out begging for bread. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus that no sickness shall befall me, no calamity shall come near my dwelling. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. How awesome are the works of your hands and today I'm a conqueror and more than a conqueror. Where did your mind take you? today because your mind is the steering wheel that's guiding you through your journey in life. Jesus said, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? That you may prove what is that perfect and that acceptable will of God and plan of God in your life. Let's look at those four words real quick. And what does it mean when he says, do not be conformed. Don't be conformed to the world. The word conform means to comply or act in agreement with. God's saying, don't go like they're going. Don't be conformed to the mindset of the world. And man, I'm watching Christians get on social media and you're watching preachers, religious people drift toward the thought, being conformed to the mindset of the world for political agendas and throwing the gospel away. We gotta be careful that we're not conformed. We cannot comply or act in agreement with the world. He said, don't be conformed to the world, but what? Be transformed means to change the condition, character, or foundation of. Don't be conformed to the world. Don't let the world set your standards or your pattern or your thought life. Don't, don't be conformed, but be transformed to be changed, to have a new condition, character. Create a new foundation of thinking. Be transformed how? By the renewing which means to make new or fresh again, to reestablish. Some of you need to reestablish your thinking. Reestablish your thought pattern. Reestablish how you start your day. Where does your mind go when you wake up in the morning? Where does your mind drift to? How many besides me will raise both hands and both feet if you could at the same time and go, there's a battle going on up here. Come on, all of us have it. The battle's in our mind. And we've got to come and realize that the mind is how I, I think, how I feel, my disposition, the substance of processing with reasons and wills and perceive and judge all that that's going on around me. God says, I've got to renew that. I've got to make it fresh. I've got to make it new again. And here's what Romans says to the Apostle Paul. He says in Romans 8, read it with me. You, however, talking about you as a believer, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh but you're in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, anybody? Yes. Then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. Right. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit that lives inside of you. 
And can I say this to you today? The authority, spirit or flesh, that we allow to control our mind determines the destiny and direction that we're going to go in life. The spirit or the flesh. And how many besides me has got a battle with both going on? Or anyone just, you've had a good day. I mean, you woke up, had devotions, had your time with God, been singing praise all the way to work, got to work, got back in your car, singing praise again, got out of red light, and some thought came out of nowhere. Just like, whoa, where did that come from? How did that even get in my mind? That's not even me. Come on. You know? Where did a thought like that come in my mind? I mean, you almost want to pull over and repent. Just like, how did that get in there? I thought I forgave them 10 years ago. Where did that come from? And I hadn't lived that life in 20 years. How did that get in my head? Because you see, James tells us, the book of James says, that Satan has full access to our mind, that we can't control the thoughts that he shoots into our mind, but we have absolute control over what we think on, dwell on, and allow to stay there. And we have to understand that battle because the enemy just wants you to start thinking in your old nature rather than renewing a fresh foundation of thinking. He knows if he can get you thinking in your old mindset, he will get you living your old life. That's good preaching. I'll get saved myself. All right. Okay. And so you've got to understand that there's this position that, that you've got to find in your mind. And then number three, and I really kind of hurry through this because I want to get to this, and here's the meat of the message, is that there's these things called pits of mental darkness, pits of darkness. And I want to explain this to you. In Ephesians 6, verse 16, you'll see the scripture, but before we read that, I want to show you something because here's where the apostle Paul is, he's addressing the church, he's talking to us about having the armor of God on, to be clothed in the armor of God, and how many knows you need the armor of God on today in this society that we're in? And he talks about having our waist girded with truth, that we need our waist girded with truth, and then he talks about the breastplate of righteousness that covers our heart, and then the feet shod with the gospel, the preparation of peace, that there's a stability in God's word, that we're standing firm in the midst of our battle. He talks about the helmet of salvation. He talks about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. How many knows all of those are extremely important? But then look at the next words. Above all. He's saying there's something more important than that. How can anything be more important than the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God? I mean, how, how can anything be more important than the breastplate of righteousness is covering my heart? How, how can anything be more important than these? He says, no, there's still something. There's one other thing that's more important than all of those. And here it is. He said, but above all of those, take the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And you know what the fiery darts means there in the Greek? It means inflammable thoughts. Because as a man thinks, so is he. And the enemy knows that if he can just get in your mind, that word of God's fixed to be called void. If he can get in your mind, your, your breastplate of righteousness is going to be removed. If he can get into your mind, you're going to take off the sandals of the gospel of peace. If he can get into your mind, he's going to start taking you down and you're going to start compromising that word, that sword of the spirit. And so Paul comes in and he says, above all these 
pieces of equipment that are vital in your success as a Christian. He said, above all of that, you've got to take the shield of faith that's going to block off those wicked, evil, destructive thoughts that the enemy wants to shoot into your mind. Because if your mind is controlled by the flesh, you will perform the deeds of the flesh. But if your mind's controlled by the Spirit, you will walk a life of the Spirit. And so as we look at this, let's go further. And here's the thing. You see, none of us can escape the battle of the mind. We all fight it. But in Jude 1.6, I want to show you something. Watch this. And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority but abandoned their proper dwelling. When, when Lucifer, when Satan was cast out of heaven for rebelling against God, a third of the angels went with him and they rebelled against God. I mean, how dumb can you be? You know what I'm saying? You're in heaven an angel and you're gonna go mess that up. And so here they are, a third of the angels, they rebelled against God and he kicked them out of heaven and where did he send them? These he has kept in Come on, say it with me. In darkness. He has kept them in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for the judgment of the great day. These fallen angels have been kicked out of heaven and they have been assigned by God to pits of darkness where they must dwell. You see, the cause of spiritual darkness is not the absence of light. It's the absence of God, which is light. And these angels, these fallen angels have been cast into, they've been assigned by God to dwell in these pits of darkness. Now stay with me. When you and I allow our minds to dwell in dark places, when we allow our mind to drift into anger, when we allow our mind to drift into our past life, when we allow our minds to begin to justify what God has brought us from, when we allow our mind to drift into unforgiveness and bitterness and anger and frustration, when we allow our mind to drift into these dark places, we have opened ourselves up to demonic activity because we now dwell where the spirits that are evil dwell. Oh, are y'all hearing what I'm saying today? You see, they are there by command we go there by choice. Oh, some of y'all need to get that right now. I said the demonic powers, the evil powers, they have been commanded by God to dwell in pits of darkness. When we go there, we go by choice. We don't have to go there. It's the decision of our mind. And we must come. You see, when we allow our minds to dwell on things like fear and hate, and anger, and unforgiveness, and rebellion, and bitterness, and perversion, and doubt, and unbelief. When we allow ourselves to go into these, these wicked and evil thought patterns, what we're doing is we're opening ourselves up to demonic activity in our life, and that's a battle you don't want to invite. You don't want to go there. You see, when we allow our minds to move out of the spirit realm and into the flesh, we open the door for demonic activity. And I'm going to say this as a pastor right now because you know I love you, man, and I, we're in this battle together called life, and I don't live up here and you're down here. We're all right here, and we're going to fight this thing out and win together. Amen? But I want to tell you something. I want to say this because many of you, just like me, you fit on that one somewhere. Anybody? Honest? Somewhere on there, and if we didn't think about it, you got it, all right? But this one's not my invite card. This one was. Let me say something to you. When you start justifying in your mind what Jesus has set you free from, 
It's just a matter of time till you're going to be it again. When you start justifying your old lifestyle, you start saying it wasn't that bad or maybe there's a way that it's okay and you let the enemy start speaking that into your mind, he's taking you into a realm of darkness where there's nothing but demonic control and it's not if, it's when you're gonna go back and be under the control of that demonic force in your life again. Come on, can I hear you? Can you go nod and go, yeah, I get that, Pastor, I get that. It is good preaching. If I wasn't preaching, I'd respond to the altar call right now. You know what I'm saying? You know you're preaching good when you get saved in your own sermon. All right? And, and so I, I really want you to hear this today because this is the battleground. We've got to acknowledge it. Why do you think Satan's got so much stuff going out there in society, social media, everything's just eating our minds up. Oh, I want to say something. I want to say something. I want to get my voice out. I want to, I want, and he's just totally distracting us, trying to consume our mind to get us off focus of the spiritual things so he can get us in those pits of darkness with everybody else. But then, number four, go with me. There's a purpose, and I want to talk to you about. So you see the pits of darkness, but let's look at strongholds. What, what's the purpose of strongholds? And I'm just hitting and missing today. I want to lay this foundation because we're really going to build on this over the next few weeks. All right? Purpose of strongholds. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. You've got it in your notes. We're going to read it on the screen. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and here it is, stay this with me, our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, casting down every high thing that exalts itself against what? The knowledge of God, and here it is, bringing every, oh, y'all need to say it better than that, bringing every thought into captivity to what? the obedience of Christ. Our weapons are not carnal. They're mighty in God for the pulling down of the stronghold of the enemy, but where's the battle? It's in our thoughts. And we gotta understand there's two types of strongholds. The word stronghold itself means a fortified dwelling, a fortified place. It's known in the natural, if you would see a, a city with massive walls around it that protects, and here's, a, here's what a stronghold is. A stronghold, it can be a place of bondage that we're held captive by, that we're enslaved by strongholds, a place where we find ourselves doing the very things that we hate and despise with no little legitimate excuse for our behavior. We tell ourselves when we wake up in the morning, I'm not doing that today, and we do it. We, we tell ourselves after we mess up, I'm never gonna do that drug again. I'm not gonna go out and get stoned again. I'm, I'm not gonna scream and yell and hit my wife again. I, I'm not gonna go out and watch that pornography again. It's sick, it makes me sick. I'm not going back to that perverted lifestyle. I, I'm not going back to that place of unforgiveness. I hate it, it's destroying me. And guess what we do? Go right back to it. Right back to it, why? There's a stronghold that has me captive. I'm being held slave, I'm captive to a stronghold in my life and I have to identify it. If you're still doing the very things that you keep telling yourself you're not gonna do again, there's a stronghold active in your life. And you gotta identify that. Are you with me, Nod? 
You've got to identify that today. We say we won't ever do it again, yet we find ourselves following a lifestyle of disobedience, rebellion, and bondage. That's a stronghold, but there's an opposite of that that's a stronghold too. And a stronghold is also the fortified city that doesn't keep the bondage in. It keeps the enemy out. I said it keeps the enemy out. Jesus said our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. And a stronghold is also a place of refuge and safety, a fortified fortress where we are kept safe and protected from the thoughts and the attacks of the enemy that come to destroy us. And, and I've never done drugs. I've, I don't know what anything past a bear and an ibuprofen's like, you know. I mean, give me an ibuprofen. I'm like, ugh, you know. So if I ever took crack, I'm gone for a month. You know what I mean? I mean, just done, all right? And, uh, and, and I've never tasted alcohol, don't know what it tastes like. God's just kept me from a lot of that stuff. And, and I'm not tempted with another woman because, I mean, I'm old, fat, and gray, and I've got a beautiful woman on the front row, so why mess that up? You know what I mean? And, uh, and so, because I know if something happens to her, there ain't going to be another her in my life. You got that? And so I ain't messing that one up, so I'm not tempted with that. But you know if you've been here long, I grew up and went through a horrible experience as a 12-year-old boy, and I grew up very angry. And that's where the enemy had an inlet into my life was in anger. And so I battled that for many lives. And you got to begin to identify the areas and never forget the area that the enemy had access into your world because that's where he's going to come back and try to sneak in. Are you with me? Not again, all right? And you've got to identify those and know that God's built a fortified stronghold around you today. And here's what happens when the enemy comes to that area that he had easy access to your life. He comes where there's a guard at the gate. There's an angel with a sword in his hand at the gate and says, you don't have access here any longer because now they've given that area of their life over to God and you can't have access there anymore. There's no more lust in their heart. There's no more... Uh, 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 area of hatred and anger in their heart. That's not who they are anymore. I've released them. I've freed them. They've surrendered that to my word. And so just as much as a strong cold can enslave you, it can protect you. But if you're walking in the spirit, the stronghold covers you. If you're walking in the flesh, it brings you into bondage. And so we have to understand the importance of where we let our mind go. Look at Psalms 18. One of my favorite scriptures, again, the Lord is my rock. He's my fortress and my deliverer. Come on, can we give him a hand for that? Has he done that in anybody's life here today? The Lord is my rock. He's my fortress. He's my deliverer. He's my God. He's my strength in whom I will trust. He's my shield and he's the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold. He protects me protects me. He's my fortified dwelling. Before Satan gets to me, he's got to go through him and that ain't happening. Oh yeah, I were to get more than one. Come on now. Come on. I got enough young people in here to get more than one. Come on y'all. He's got to go through God to get to me and that's not happening. Not happening. You mess with my children and I know about it Children's not your issue anymore. You mess with this lady in the second chair right here, she is not your issue anymore. I just became your issue. You, you know, I know I'm not having to deal that with you. I'm just talking to the world right now. You know what I'm saying? 
But on live stream right now, don't mess with her. Because she is not your issue now. I just became your issue. Can I tell you, I have a father in heaven that every time Satan comes to my door and knocks, he steps in and goes, Dan Livingston is not your issue any longer. I just became your issue. She's my fortress. Oh, we didn't miss it. Oh, we got to see that. That was important. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Come on, let's give him a hand as you were doing right there. Come on. You see, my pattern of thinking, my pattern of thinking determines which stronghold I live in, how I think. You can't think pornography. You can't think lust. You can't think anger. You can't think hatred. You can't think unforgiveness. You can't think poverty. You can't think sickness and expect to walk a life of victory. You can't do it. But I can think the promises of God's word. I can think the songs that I sing that praise and lift him up. I can think and remember where he brought me from and where I am today. And though I'm not where I want to be yet, I'm sure not who he saved me from. And I'm on a journey working out my salvation with fear and trembling. And he said, I'll give you the will and the power to do so. But you got to guard your mind. And then last of all, there's a priority in thinking. A priority in thinking. Look at this, Philippians. Be anxious for nothing. Don't get caught up in that mind game. Because where does the enemy want to keep us? Just so anxious, so worried, so confused. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, they're pure, they're lovely, they're good, they have a good report. If there's any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate, think, dwell, let your mind focus on these things. Has God been good enough to anybody in here? to just saturate your mind with good thoughts on him. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, he said, these do, and the God of peace will now be with you. you. Think on these things. Come on, God's done enough in us that we can think on the good things. We must take all thoughts into captivity and intentionally dwell on the word of God and the promises that God provides us today. Some of you know it, and I'm going to close here, but, and, and we got guests with our grandson. We've got four beautiful grandchildren now, and, and our little Jabin, he's two, and, and then in October, right at 18 months old, we found out that he had suffered a severe brain injury at birth, and, and we're, we've been a six-month journey that's been a journey of hell. I'm just being straight with you. It's just been a nightmare, and, uh, and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just going to be transparent for, for a moment. Those first few months, the battle was the mine. It was in our mind. And, and here's what the enemy tried to do, what he did do. And I, I'm confessing to you as a pastor, and you may not want to come back next month or next week, but just let you know I'm in the same boat you're in, all right? And, uh, and, and I'm going to be honest with you because you know where the enemy came? He came and attacked me in the area that I was weak at, that he had access to, and it was anger. Yeah. And you know who I was angry with? God. I'm just being honest with you. 
I was so mad with God. I was like, how am I going to get up here and preach on a Sunday a gospel I don't even know if I believe anymore? Because you ain't working it for me. Because how can I watch my grandson lay on the floor and can't even get up and walk? How can I watch my grandson not be able to talk and feed himself? How am I supposed to do that and then go preach to everybody else? And I got angry. And where was the battle? Right here. Can I be real with you? And I had to fight through it. I really had to fight through it. Because I had to grab hold of, and then, I, then God's word began to get into my spirit. And I began to shift the way I was thinking about it. And I held my grandson for a while last night. And the whole time that I was holding him, and it was amazing because he wouldn't move. He was just like, and he's never, he's had a hard time focusing because it's affected his eyesight. And he's not been focusing. And I'm going to tell you, I held him for an hour and a half last night, and he hardly took his eyes off of me. And here's what I said the whole time. Jabin, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. How marvelous are the works of your hands. That my soul knows so very well. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. There's no accident here. There's no accident here. You've been fearfully and wonderfully made. And I looked to the heavens and I said, how wonderful are the works of your hands. My soul knows that so very well. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 may fall at your right hand, the Bible says. He says, but it shall not come near you. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any calamity come near your dwelling because God's angels are assigned to camp all around you. He said, come on. And then he adds it. He's gonna keep you in all of your ways. God wants you to know today he's got you right there in the palm of his hand if you put your faith and trust in him. The enemy's gonna come and he's gonna try to attack you. He's gonna try to take you back into a place of doubt. I'm your pastor and I'm just trying to be transparent with you. But I was up in New York and they were praying with us about Jabin. They said, how you doing? I said, I am more determined to see another miracle than I've ever been in my life. I've been through the valley. I've been through the cloud. I'm not gonna stand here and tell you I'm not gonna have more days of struggle, but I'm gonna win every one of them, I can tell you, because greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. And, and I've just got a confidence. I told Brad last night, I said, Brad, there's a day coming that God's gonna switch a trigger inside this boy's brain, and we're gonna wish he would quit talking. We're gonna wish he would stop walking. We're gonna follow him and chase him down. I believe that in my heart. I don't know when, I don't know how, but I know he's fearfully and wonderfully made by a creator in heaven. And I wanna tell you, your battle may be a different one. Your struggle may be a different one, but I wanna tell you something today. God's a God that's got you in the palm of his hand, man. He loves you. He's got destiny and plan for your life. And what the enemy wants to do is get into your mind and control your destiny and your future. And today we're saying no to him. No. In Jesus' name. Because when a man becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person, the Bible said, on the inside. All things become brand new. Today, if you've given your heart to Jesus, you're a brand new person. That means I don't have to go back and relive the old life. I don't have to go back to the old bondage. I don't have to go back to the old stuff. I get to keep walking in the new. And in God's plan for my life. Today, I want to pray for you that God will give you strength and clarity that you will win this thing called the mind game. Because if Satan wins the mind game, he wins. 
But if you win the mind game, you win. I win in Jesus' name. And I want to ask you as a pastor, I want to challenge you as a pastor, quit letting the enemy define who you are and where you're going in life. Start letting God's word do that in Jesus' name. Father, I pray over this body right now. I pray over every heart and every life. And I thank you, God, for your amazing work in every one of us. You have set us free from so much. The enemy wants to come and torment our mind and deceive us in our thinking and take us back into the old when you're trying to move us into the new. So, God, I pray for a renewing of our minds today. God, some came in here today, their mind was overwhelmed with negativity, overwhelmed, God, with grief, overwhelmed, Lord, with offenses, overwhelmed, God, with so many thoughts and patterns. And I just pray today, God, give us all a fresh beginning. Give us all a brand new start. Come on, will you ask God for that right now? Father, I just ask you to renew my mind right now. Just let let there be a renewing of my mind, a brand new foundation, a brand new beginning of my thinking, God. Let it take place in our life today. And while your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you're here right now and you say, Pastor Dan, I don't know Jesus today as my Lord and Savior. I, I know God's real. I know he loves me, but I know I'm not where I need to be with him today. I'm not going to point you out. I will not come to you. I just want to pray a prayer for you. And if that's you right now and you say, I just need to make a decision and a choice with God today, pray for me. Would you just slip a hand up right where you sit and you can put it right back down. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? You say, that's me today, Pastor. I need Jesus in my life. Pray for me. Anyone else? Maybe on live stream. You need God in your heart today. You can pray with us as we pray. Will you pray this prayer with me now? As we pray it together as a body, if you raise your hand or you did not and you need God in your life today, pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. I can be saved. So right now, right now, I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. Right now, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, according to your word, I'm saved. I'm a new person in Christ Jesus, my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we give a hand clap to these that have prayed today? God bless you.